going on everybody welcome back to the elemental evan show thank you very much for tuning in on this wellness wednesday episode today's episode is on a topic i have wanted to cover for quite a long time now and uh, i've just had to do some research to really feel uh, well enough prepared to provide this information in this you know podcast format or video format uh, to all of you so i'm very excited to finally be able to talk about the health of uh, ovaries as well as, you know, a lot of the issues that arise with ovaries as well as talk a little bit about hormones, uh, specifically with estrogen and progesterone. These are, you know, topics that are kind of, uh, you know, not something that I've normally studied. Like I focused a lot on the gut health, but hormones are such a uh, you know, interesting topic that I just haven't had the time to really dive into. And so I'm really excited to uh, finally share some of my findings with all of you because I think it's extremely relevant. Uh, a lot of people, or sorry, I should say a lot of women have a lot of issues with their ovaries and the health of the ovaries, as well as just the health of our hormones or the correct balance of our hormones, right? Uh, and that's as well with men. Men are having similar issues with their hormones, hormone disruptors, all of that kind of stuff. So nonetheless, let's just go ahead and jump into today's episode. I apologize in advance if I sound too, um, I don't know, like textbooky or something like that where you know I'm just kind of giving you facts. I hope it doesn't sound like a lecture. I like to keep this as entertaining as possible, but I'm going to throw that out there just because this is a new topic for me, right? Like I'm not obviously a medical professional who studied this for a million years or whatever. Um, this has just been uh, something that has been a hobby of mine. And so uh, I'm excited to bring this though to you nonetheless. And I think there's a lot of valuable information in here. That is my goal in every single episode is to provide you with digestible information, with tips and tricks that you can use in your day, uh, in your life today after hearing this episode. So hopefully that is the case. And uh, yes, I'll, I'll give you a few tips and tricks at the end of this episode. But to start this episode off, I think it is obviously most important to start with what are the ovaries, right? And so that's ovaries, plural, because there's two of them, but it is one of a pair of female glands in which the eggs form and the female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, are made. These hormones play an important role in female traits such as breast development, body shape, and body hair. They are also involved in the menstrual cycle, fertility, and pregnancy. There is one ovary on each side of the uterus, and they are located in the lower abdomen on both the left and the right side of the uterus, okay? So I know that is a very textbook definition, but it obviously suffices here and gets the point across. Also, if you want to kind of reference any of my sources, I will do my best to put all of the sources that I used in the show notes, so you can always click on those for further information as well. Now, we know what the ovaries are. We know where they're located. Now, what the heck do the ovaries do? So as stated in the definition, ovaries do produce and store eggs and release them during ovulation, which you've probably very likely heard of, through the fallopian tube and into the uterus to be fertilized by sperm, 
ovaries also produce important hormones, like I said, that control your menstrual cycle and pregnancy, such as estrogen and progesterone, which are two very, very important hormones for women. And the balance of them and the timing in which, you know, one is higher than the other is very important. Um, I won't get too into that today. Uh, Obviously, there are people who are much more knowledgeable on these topics, but it is important to know that, that throughout your, you know, menstrual cycle, uh, progesterone levels and estrogen levels will uh, vary depending on what uh, phase you're in of your cycle. Now, also an interesting thing to note, women are born with every egg that they will ever have in their lifetime. Um, I know many people already know this, but I still just think that's such a fascinating thing to, uh, to know is that while a, you know, a baby girl is inside her mother, she has all the eggs that she's essentially ever going to have, right? It's really crazy. And it's also the reason why, uh, women will medically preserve their eggs for later usage if they're trying to have a child at a later date or they just know that they do not have very many eggs, right? So this is something that we are lucky enough to do nowadays with uh, modern technology. uh, And that's why women obviously do that. For women, I'm pretty sure I'm just like telling you obvious facts here, but uh, that is why obviously uh, we do that. So The main issues with ovaries, and I think this part is very important because, um, you know, we've been having a lot of issues with ovaries. Uh, I say we, I guess we as a society, but obviously for women here. And one of the most common things that we see with ovaries is ovarian cysts, okay? These are very, very common. Um, I'm sure many of you female listeners probably know about this and maybe have even experienced it as well. Uh, Now... They are not always harmful, and I will get into more of what ovarian cysts are and which ones are harmful, but let's continue on with some other uh, common symptoms uh, that are issues that we find with ovaries. So we also have polycystic ovary syndrome, which is PCOS, ovarian cancer, pelvic inflammatory disease, ovarian tumors, and endometriosis, metrosis, sorry, metriosis, and Uh, Those are the most common things that we see with ovaries. However, I'm really mainly going to focus on the cysts here because they are just so common. So what is an ovarian cyst? Well, an ovarian cyst is a common overgrowth, or sorry, a common growth that develops on or inside your ovaries. There are several several types of cysts with the most common ones being harmless without symptoms, and eventually they just go away on their own. Uh, It can be uh, caused by the processes of your, uh, of your menstrual cycle. And that can cause some of these ov- ovarian cysts. And on that note, ovarian cysts are little sacs filled with fluid or semi solid material, depending on the type of cyst. Ovarian cysts typically occur as a result of ovulation. Like I was saying, uh, however, there are some cysts that form without being in response to your menstrual menstrual cycle. So a few of these cysts are endometro- uh, endro- endometromas, ovarian cancer, dermoid cysts, and cystadenomas. Ugh, sorry, y'all. <laughs> cystadenomas, I believe is how you say it. And uh, often ovarian cysts do not cause any symptoms, like I said. However, the uh, larger ovarian cysts can cause pelvic pain, for example, or a dull ache in your back a feeling of fullness or bloating in your lower belly, painful periods, and pain during intercourse in some cases. 
Okay, so if you are experiencing some of those issues, uh, then it would be a good idea to go see a medical professional and get your, uh, essentially your pelvis and your your, uh, ovaries and just your whole uh, lower abdomen area uh, observed, okay? If symptoms linger, then it could indicate a condition called polycystic ovary syndrome, which I uh, stated earlier, or PCOS. PCOS can cause irregular periods and other hormone-related problems, such as obesity and infertility, okay? Um, So if you are experiencing any of these issues, like I said, please go see a medical professional. I hope that, you know, through the information I'm providing, uh, I'm giving you the opportunity to understand that, you know, um, these painful periods or painful intercourse or whatever it may be, this dull ache in your back or, you know, bloating that you constantly have in your lower abdomen or pain in your lower abdomen, um, you know, hopefully this is your sign to go get it checked out. Okay. Because the sooner you know something about your body, the faster you can act on it. Um, so definitely go see a medical professional in, in that case. Okay. So how to get rid of ovarian cysts. So as stated earlier, the common ovarian cyst will actually just go away on their own. However, if they are one of the more serious cysts, then a medical provider may provide, uh, medications containing hormones, Uh, or they can remove it through surgical procedures. So obviously those are in the more serious cases. And now obviously, you know, that on this show, I like to give you more like holistic and, you know, things that you can do in your home and on your own to benefit your ovaries. But I say that with a caveat, if you are having serious issues, issues with, you know, your ovaries or your hormones or whatever it may be, of course, go see the medical professional. But I like to just give you practical tips that you can still implement into your life today. So we'll get into those. So like I said, I love to provide you with these tips, keep your body healthy. And we are going to go over some foods and different lifestyle changes that you can make to your life. And uh, they will directly impact the health of your ovaries and your reproductive system and hormones altogether, right? Ooh, sorry, <laughs> I'm going on a rant there. Uh, okay, so how to keep your ovaries healthy. This is going to be some really practical tips and uh, you know, very easy things for us to do to ensure that we're taking care of our ovaries as well as just our hormones in general. And even if you are a male, uh, a man, if you are listening to this, you can also apply some of these tactics to your life as well. Obviously you don't have ovaries, uh, but nonetheless doing some of these different exercises or tactics uh, can benefit you as well. So go ahead and listen up. So a healthy diet is obviously always going to play a role in the health of our bodies. I don't think that's, you know, uh, news to anybody here. Uh, but so making sure that we are eating whole foods or uh, another way of putting it, uh, just one ingredient item foods, right? So like on a bag of apples, it just says apples. And then on a box of cereal, it has like 20 different ingredients, right? So we want to stick to the products that have one ingredient, apples, uh, zucchini, right? Things like that. So eating these whole foods are going to be key. And there are specific foods, however, that are especially beneficial for the ovaries. And, um, we definitely want to focus on these, uh, for this episode, right? So the first thing we want to focus on is vitamin A. Vitamin A is high in foods such as carrots, eggs, sweet potatoes, spinach, and liver. Okay. Liver is actually one of the highest vitamin A containing foods in the world. So if you do eat animal products, I highly recommend adding some liver into your diet. You could literally eat just a little bit of liver 
once a week, like I'm talking three to four ounces of it. So not that much. You can obviously eat more if you'd like, but that's all you would really have to eat to achieve some solid levels of vitamin A. Also, something I like to note here is just how certain foods really do resemble like parts of our body. And what I think is so interesting is, you know, eggs really is on the list a lot here in terms of being beneficial for ovaries. Obviously, as long as you don't have any like food allergy to eggs, but I, th I think that's so interesting because obviously the egg is, you know, coming from a chicken, but I mean, our ovaries, what are they doing there? They have our eggs, right? They're storing our eggs, they're releasing the eggs. And so I just find it very interesting how, you know, the, the chicken egg or whatever kind of egg you're eating is going to have a lot of the beneficial nutrients that are also going to uh, benefit your ovary. And we find that to be true in a lot of different foods. Now, the next thing we really want to focus on is selenium rich foods, such as Brazil nuts. They have a lot of selenium, selenium in them, as well as shellfish and once again, eggs. So uh, those are three different foods that are going to be high in selenium. I know there's other foods out there that are also high in selenium, but uh, those are three foods that you can start eating today. Um, one of the easiest ones is obviously going to be eggs because I think a lot of people already eat those on average and, um, you know, they cover a lot of, you know, vitamin A, selenium, as well as um, a, just a ton of different other vitamins and minerals. So definitely eat your eggs if you can. Okay, moving into vitamin C rich foods. Okay, vitamin C is also going to be very, very beneficial. Obviously, you know, it's beneficial for the ovaries, but all of these things are going to be beneficial for the entire body. So vitamin C rich foods, my favorite of all of them is the Kamu Kamu Berry. It is, from what I know, to be the highest containing food in terms of vitamin C. So it has the most vitamin C out of any other food that we know of on the planet, at least currently, right? Uh, maybe we'll find another fruit or something down the, or a vegetable down the line that has more vitamin C. But at the moment in time, I believe it is Kamu Kamu Berry. For myself personally and with Ashley, I always add Kamu Kamu Berry Powder. So you can buy it in a powder form. And I will add it to our green juice in the morning from Organifi. Organifi already has a bunch of great stuff in their product like spirulina, chlorella. Um, they have ashwagandha in there, which is really good for balancing hormones as well. And, uh, you know, I'll add some Kamu Kamu in there to really boost that vitamin C content. And yeah, that's like something we drink pretty regularly. Um, you know, not early in the morning, but somewhere around like 10 o'clock, depending on if we're fasting or not. And so if you want to get yourself some of the Organifi green juice, uh, I always have them linked in the show notes. So just click on there. And I also have a 20% discount code just for being a listener of the show. So definitely check them out. Um, and then in terms of other foods that are going to be high in vitamin C, we also have broccoli, which I think not a lot of people expect to be on the list. Uh, a lot of times we think of citrus fruit like oranges, uh, but broccoli is very, very high in vitamin C. Uh, pretty much any kind of berry. Uh, berries are very important to buy organic as well, uh, especially with strawberries. Strawberries are one of the most commonly sprayed foods. They're um, typically they are number one on the dirty dozen list, which is a list of 12 different um, fruits and vegetables that are the most heavily sprayed fruits and vegetables uh, on the market. And strawberries like year after year after year usually have the number one spot. So when buying berries and specifically strawberries, make sure you're buying them organic. Okay. 
because those pesticides that they're spraying on there can also be very serious hormone disruptors. Then we move on to citrus fruit, which is, you know, I had to throw it in there because it is still high in vitamin C. Um, and I think we're all just, you know, we're raised with uh, thinking that they are, but also who doesn't enjoy some citrus fruit, right? So those are going to be great ways of getting some vitamin C into your diet. Now, I'm also going to throw in some probiotic-rich foods in here because, uh, oh, and as well as anti-inflammatory foods because we know that what's good for the gut is going to be good for the entire body. Like I always say, um, I like to use the quote of Hippocrates, which is, uh, you know, all disease begins in the gut. So we want to make sure we're taking care of our digestive system and keeping it functioning at its top level. So eating fermented foods uh, and pickled foods like sauerkraut, kefir, yogurt, kimchi, uh, and taking probiotic supplements are going to be very, very high on the list of things to do. So for example, if you want to also take a probiotic uh, supplement, you can actually now find probiotic supplements that have a prebiotic, a postbiotic, and a probiotic, all three in one pill. Now, the reason that's very important is because specifically with the prebiotic, the prebiotic is going to feed all of the good gut bacteria. It is the food for the good gut bacteria. So that prebiotic is really awesome. It's going to help the probiotics that you're taking, uh, you know, take root a little bit and also benefit some of the good bacteria in your gut. And then the postbiotics are like the after product of your good gut bacteria. So really a great idea to take those. Um, I've taken seed, which I think has a pre and pro. I don't think it has a postbiotic. Um, and then I just bought some from Ritual, which um, I do not have any affiliate with them at all. I just uh, wanted to try their product because they do have a pre, pro, and postbiotic. So um, kind of a bit of a rant there. But the reason I'm also saying this is because having a healthy gut is very important for also um, estrogen balance. So from what I have read, for women who are constipated often, they tend to have higher levels of estrogen because I believe from what I understand, um, you know, don't quote me on this, but from what I understand, the estrogen, while it's being excreted out of the body, uh, can actually be reabsorbed uh, through the bowels. And so the longer, essentially, you are um, constipated and holding on to this feces, uh, it has a better chance of being reabsorbed into the body and increasing your levels of estrogen. Um, once again, like do your research on that one. Uh, don't quote me on it, um, but I am quite positive that I am understanding that correctly. Now, in terms of a... Oh, sorry. I almost skipped the anti-inflammatory food. So in terms of anti-inflammatory foods, we want to really focus on things like, you know, turmeric, for example. Turmeric is a very anti-inflammatory food. And if you are not already getting it into your diet somehow, then I really highly recommend getting uh, some turmeric into your diet, as well as any other anti-inflammatory food that you prefer. Uh, the reason I say it's important for us to have anti-inflammatory foods is because it can also have a very calming effect on the gut and a healing effect on the gut, right? Whereas like fried foods, for example, are going to cause a lot of inflammation in your gut. I've heard that when you eat uh, fried foods, it can cause up to three days of inflammation throughout the body. So um, really avoid the fried foods. Now, in terms of your lifestyle and habits, you're definitely going to want to focus on getting some movement. I say this over and over again, movement is medicine, right? And the reason, or at least one of the big reasons why movement is medicine is simply because your lymphatic system, which has lymphatic fluid in it, 
does not have pumps of its own, right? Not like your heart, where your heart can pump literally and move blood throughout your body. Well, your lymphatic system does not have that ability. It has no form of pumping, you know, its fluid through throughout the body um, to, you know, clean it itself and, and get rid of all the toxins or whatever may be, be building up in the lymphatic fluid. So one of the best things we can do is move. Movement will move your lymphatic system. So going out for a walk, going out for a run, going and lifting some weights, doing some yoga, doing some dance, whatever it may be, you could be surfing just as long as you are moving your body, getting your heart rate up a little bit, breathing a little bit harder than normal. That is going to be key for moving your lymphatic fluid. You can also do lymphatic massages, but you know, one of the easiest ways of doing this is literally to just move your body. Now I have heard something which is very interesting. And this comes from Sean Stevenson on one of his episodes. Um, he talks about this kind of practice where men and women can do this, but specifically it was catered for women and for, um, aiding in their hormones and getting rid of excess hormones, I believe is what it was. He said that you can go ahead and for example, start out with taking some niacin. So niacin is going to really open up, you know, all of your, um, oh, I can't think of the term, but it, it essentially flushes your body, right? Like if you've ever taken niacin before, you know what I'm talking about. It literally makes you flush. Like you get red in the face and you, you kind of feel a little itch, itchy because it's opening. I, I don't know if it's opening up your pores or what exactly, but it is opening up the passageways to kind of start sweating, right? And, and removing toxins. So take a little bit of niacin. You could also maybe take a little bit of chlorophyll to help also uh, cleanse the blood. And then after you take that, go rebound. So rebound is just a fancy term for like jumping on a trampoline essentially, but you want to jump on a trampoline and that action of jumping is really good, I guess, for moving the lymphatic fluid and moving the lymphatic system. So you go ahead and you rebound for like 10 minutes or whatever it may be, maybe 15. And then after you do that, so you're already sweating nice and good at this point, go ahead and jump into a sauna. And if you jump into a sauna, obviously you're going to continue to sweat and you're really going to help move that lymphatic fluid and just really expel all of the toxins. And I guess this is supposed to also really help balance the hormones. So I really actually want to give this a try. I haven't had the ability to do it yet, um, but I plan on trying this out with Ashley as well. Um, so when I do that, I'll post it on my socials and you can see me doing it there. But uh, that it sounds like a really good workout and supposedly is really good for the hormones. So give that a try if you are experiencing uh, difficulties with your hormones being balanced or if you just want to give it a try. Now, the other really big thing here is going to be getting great sleep. Not good sleep, get great sleep. You need to be prioritizing sleep like it is no one's business, okay? Food, sleep, movement, those three things are some of my main tenants that I always talk about. I include them in the, you know, in the courses that I run. Uh, they're always paired with a different... Uh, uh, element as well, because obviously I focus on the elements and I pair certain health qualities with them. And those three are always in there. And great sleep is just at the core of being healthy and living a healthy life. So we really want to focus on optimizing our sleep. It is a time in which our body can repair itself and also to really balance our hormones and, you know, uh, process them in the proper way. Uh, and 
honestly, like having the balance of your hormones in check is going to be key, especially for women who, um, I, I guess it's very common to get, uh, either low levels of progesterone and higher levels of estrogen, or even just not necessarily low levels of progesterone, but elevated levels of estrogen. Um, I guess this is a very common thing. And so getting great sleep is one of the few tactics we can use to really help balance our hormones. So get great sleep, <laughs> make a, make an evening routine, just like you would make a morning routine, uh, you know, dim the lights, take some time off of the screens before bed and, um, you know, don't eat any food too late at night. These are going to really benefit you in getting some good sleep. Now, the last thing in terms of uh, lifestyle habits I'm going to talk about is going to be to de-stress. So stress is a major issue, right? I mean, in our day and age, stress is one of the biggest problems people are dealing with, right right up there with uh, obesity and great sleep and, and all the others, right? We live in a, in a state of being, you know, in elevated stress at all times of the day, or at least a low constant level of stress, which is not healthy for our body at all. So we definitely want to make sure that we are taking time to de-stress. So uh, when you're stressed, you tend to release excess amounts of cortisol, which cortisol is amazing. It's absolutely necessary for um, us to function properly. However, when we are having extremely elevated levels of cortisol all the time, and on top of that, we are drinking a lot of caffeine, which, you know, spikes the cortisol release even more. We are taxing our adrenal glands and just really messing with our hormones uh, when we have these elevated cortisol levels. So the best thing I can recommend is to just take a moment to breathe, take a moment to uh, look out the window and, you know, look at the beauty, look at the scenery, um, you know, smell what, what smells are you smelling around you? What things can you see? What things can you touch and feel? Uh, take a moment to just be present essentially. And on top of that, you can also take a few deep breaths, which will really activate your parasympathetic nervous system, get you into a relaxed state. So doing things like inhaling for the count of four and then maybe exhaling for the count of six is going to be very helpful for de-stressing. So you would inhale through your nose for four and then exhale like you're blowing out of a straw for the count of six. That extra long exhale is what's going to really help our body to calm down. You also wanna make sure that you are deeping, or sorry, you're breathing deep into the belly. So when you take an inhale, you expand the belly, pulling air deep into the lungs and then contract your belly on your exhale to really expel all of that air. So do that kind of uh, exercise if you're feeling very stressed and it will help you to de-stress, which we definitely need to start doing. Okay, now, last but not least, and this is really, really important. I mean, this is, maybe I should have put this at the top of the list, but it is to stay away from hormone blockers as best as you can. Now, hormone blockers are in a lot of stuff, so it is going to be very difficult to get away from them, and you know it's probably almost impossible to fully get away from them, but uh, we need to do our best to really limit our exposure to these hormone blockers. Now, you might be wondering what the heck these hormone blockers are. I got you. First off, synthetic fragrances. Anything with a synthetic fragrance is going to be a hormone blocker. One of the best ways to avoid this is literally to just go fragrance-free, or you can try to find a more natural 
type of fragrance, maybe an essential oil or something like that, uh, that hopefully will not be disruptive to your hormones. Now, uh, there's also BPA. So, you know, obviously the thing that we have tried to remove from our plastics, right? But the, the deal here is even though BPA is out of certain plastics, which is great, that doesn't mean that plastic is necessarily safe, right? Just because there's a BPA, there's also a BPB, a BPC, a BPD, right? Like there's so many others that we don't even really know the effects of. So the best thing here is to really watch out for the plastics. Avoid using plastic as much as you can. Definitely, definitely avoid microplastics in your uh, you know, your face wash and body washes. I've seen they put those little tiny micro plastic beads in there as like an exfoliant. Please avoid those. Those are terrible for the environment as well. And then also we tend to put uh, food in plastic and then heat that plastic up, which is just not a good idea, okay? Putting it in a glass container or something, like metal, whatever it may be, is going to be so much safer and better for you. It is going to you know, really keep you from being exposed to all these hormone disruptors and uh, just really allow your hormones to naturally be in balance and not be affected by anything, right? Now, the other thing I really want to talk about is phthalates. Um, these are in most of your, you know, cosmetic products, I would say. I see it a lot in shampoos, conditioners, things like that. But you definitely want to avoid these things. Um, they, I believe it was phthalates were really, really closely linked with cancer as well. Um, it might have been another item, but I, I know phthalates are definitely not good. They're not good for your hormones and they might be also associated with cancer. Uh, so we really want to avoid this. And one of the best ways to avoid these phthalates and synthetic fragrances and all these other kind of weird things that they're putting on our bodies is to just opt for cleaner products. And the reason I highly recommend doing this is because the cosmetic industry is, honestly, there's very little regulation in terms of what they can put in there. And your skin is an organ. It is able to absorb what you put on it. So if you are putting something that is toxic on your skin, why would it not be absorbed into your body, right? I mean, I, if essentially, it, it should almost come down to the point where if it's not edible, it maybe should not be going on to your skin, right? Uh, that's a little bit far, obviously, but it's a good rule of thumb. And so that's why I really typically only use a few products. There's only a couple ones that I will use. Um, and two of the big ones in terms of cosmetic care are... Alitura Naturals and Living Libations. Now, don't get me wrong, these aren't the cheapest brands out there, obviously, and um, even just opting for brands that, you know, are doing their best to remove some of these hormone disruptors like phthalates and whatever else um, is a good idea. But if you really are able to afford it, then I highly, highly recommend using Alitura Naturals and Living Libations as much as you can, just because they are so, so clean. Uh, in terms of Alitura Naturals, I've seen the owner put, I think it was the body lotion, uh, he pumped it onto his hand and then he actually just ate it uh, to show how clean the products were. They are incredibly, incredibly clean and they use super high quality and effective products. Um, they will put propolis, they'll put uh, royal jelly in there, they put like French green clay, all kinds of incredible products for you. 
And uh, yeah, so just super clean and definitely none of the bad stuff that's going to be messing with your hormones. And then we have living libations, which they do a lot of uh, essential oils and oil-based products, but also just extremely clean, top of the line, smells good. Both of them are extremely effective as well, which, you know, if you're going to use a product just because it's clean, you also want it to work. Both of these definitely work. I've used both of their products and I've enjoyed using them uh, over the years. So I don't have any... Um, any ties with living libation. I wish I did. Uh, so then I could give you a discount code, but I, I don't, um, I, I wasn't able to get one, but in terms of Alley tour naturals, I do have a 15% discount code off of your first order. Uh, that will be linked in the show notes as well. So go check them out and, you know, get some of these products that are going to be able to replace other products that have hormone disruptors in them for you. And, uh, yeah, like highly, highly recommend if you do go with them to try out their, uh, the body lotion to try out their night mask, as well as their, um, their face mask. It's a, it's a clay mask that will dry on your face and then you kind of scrub it off. Incredible. Absolutely love them. And the gold serum, <laughs> pretty much everything. Uh, but they're really excellent. Uh, so go ahead and check them out in the show notes. And yeah, those are two products that I highly, highly recommend at the minimum. You want to just, you know, read the label and, try to see and make sure that they're not putting synthetic fragrances and, and different, you know, weird products in, in items in their products. Right. So those are going to be absolutely key. Um, like I said, that last portion right there maybe should have been said first because it is so important and we are being bombarded with different hormone disruptors on the daily, like absolutely on the daily. Um, for example, people who have synthetic fragrance candles or those little glade plugins or whatever it may be, um, take those out. You are being exposed to these hormone disruptors constantly all day long. You're breathing it in. Please, please, please get rid of them. There are so many other options for making your house smell good, like a more natural candle uh, that uses essential oils and beeswax or coconut oil for its base, um, and you know, or an essential oil diffuser even. So uh, definitely do those and try to balance your hormones because we are living in a time where our home hormones have never been this out of balance for both men and women. But obviously, in this uh, podcast episode, we are focusing solely on the ovaries and uh, the health of women and their hormones. So to all you women out there um, doing your best every single day, uh, you all are incredible. Let's take care of you. Take care of your health. Get your hormones on track and make sure you all are uh, performing at your best level. And, um, you know, when you're happy and when you are doing well and your hormones are in check, you show up as your best self to the world around you. And, uh, you know, everyone, uh, loves a person who, who's operating at their best level possible. Um, you know, it's, it's not fair to be hindered by something, uh, and especially to not know what that is. So if you think you have any issues with your hormones, definitely go get them checked. Uh, you could go to a medical professional to do so, or you could even do a, at-home testing kit. There's so many of them now. Um, I think there's one called like Everly Well. There's one called Life Force by uh, Tony Robbins. There's um, <laughs> there's so many, I, I, and they're not coming to my mind right now, but there are a ton of uh, at-home test kits that you can do as well to get a better idea of your hormone levels. And I highly recommend it because 
you know, you can only really work on the things that you uh, test and are able to know the levels, right? So we got to know where we're at first before we can make any improvements. But uh, these are some good tips to start doing today. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be beneficial for your hormones, regardless if they're out of whack or not. Uh, so definitely go ahead and implement some of these into your lives today. But that is going to do it for our episode on ovaries. I'm sorry if it was long and lecture-like, but it was very important. Uh, it was a very important topic for me to give to all of you and do my best to, you know, give you the information that I found. Uh, I will, I'm sure, come back to this topic as well as just the topic of hormones, uh, specifically with uh, women's hormones as well as uh, men's hormones. And, um, yeah, they're very, very big topics right now. So I'm sure I will have more in the future, but aside from that, subscribe to whatever platform you are listening or watching this on. I say watching because I will be uploading, uh, my wellness Wednesday episodes to YouTube. Uh, so if you would like to see these videos or these episodes in video format, go ahead and subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to whatever podcast platform you're on. Uh, follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most uh, active, I would say. You can reach out to me on there. Say what you like about the show, what you didn't like about the show, what you want to hear more of. Uh, whatever it is, go ahead and reach out to me on there. And I think that's going to do it. Um, share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. You know, If they need to hear this message, then please pass it on to them. It helps to spread awareness about the show as well as benefit people and give them tips and tricks to implement into their lives and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Um, takes like 30 seconds to a minute and helps people find this show. All right, y'all. Well, that's going to do it for the episode today. Stay tuned. I'll have some really excellent episodes coming out. Um, I might be doing some episodes on uh, travel tips in terms of health because I will be traveling for the holidays. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a couple of them coming out. And that's going to do it. So have a beautiful rest of your day. Happy holidays to everybody. Uh, they might have already passed by the time this episode comes out. But nonetheless, happy holidays. And uh, just live your guys' best lives. Do everything with good intentions. And connect to your elements. Much love, everybody. Have a great one. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. 